Welcome to the Intern Whisperer, the show all about the future of work. And so tonight's episode is going to be with Becca Coffey. She has been our intern that has been working with us as an associate producer, creating all of the content that's been going out, and she's over here to be a part of the show. So welcome, Becca. Glad to have you here. Hi, everyone. It's glad to be here, Isabella. Thank you for having me. Oh, boy, I'm very excited about this one. So today's intern whisper tip of the week is remember what it was like when you were looking for a job, employers. You want to make sure that you are helping your intern be able to find positions, show them how to use LinkedIn, network them, meaning when I say network them, what I am really saying is that you should take them to networking events. You should make sure that they are introduced to other people because that's really helpful. They're trying to find a job. If you can't hire them, then you want to make sure that you're able to help them find a job. So as I mentioned, today's guest is Becca, and she's going to tell us all about herself with just five words. So Becca, what are your five words? So, and you get, oh, oh, and just, so just to be clear, yeah, I want you to be able to tell us what the word is and why that has significance. No problem. I'm going to first start with the three things I usually tell people when I meet them. So the first one is I'm a dog mom, a dog mother. Which so means, tell us about your dog. Yes, I have a nine-year-old dog. He's a smooth collie mix, so he's half smooth collie, half corgi. He's the love of my life. I adopted him six years ago from an animal shelter. So for me, I, I think that's amazing. And if, if you're able to get an animal, I would say adopt because the shelters are way overcrowded. Mm. Was it hard for you to pick your dog when you went there? I used to volunteer at them and it was always hard for me um, because I would get very attached to the animals. And I was wondering, you seem like you would love all of them and want to take them all home. I walked out with three. So how about you? Yes, uh, it was so hard. It took a, a very long time for me to pick exactly one because I'm like, I want them all, but I could only like at the time be able to get one. So yes, it was really hard. So you got three. What what kind of dogs did you get? Did I love Cocker Spaniels. Cocker Spaniels are the breed. I've had eight, um, not at the same time, but I've had eight Cocker Spaniels. And the ones that I walked out of the shelter with, one was all black. And that's my favorite one, honestly, because they have, you know, really dark eyes and they were all black and their little pink tongue was sticking out. And I just thought they were adorable. And then I got the one that's the blonde colored one. Uh, that one, usually they call it a party color if it's like white and beige. I had right. that one. And then the third one I got was a red, like an Irish setter red. And he was about to be put down because he had heartworms. I knew he was gonna die. I didn't want him to die in the shelter because I know what Aww. they do with the animals after right. they pass. I took him home and he had a really good six months of ex extended life. Yeah, I bet he loved being with you for the short amount of time that he lived and I'm so sorry for your loss. Yeah, they all passed away, but they were good dogs. I liked them quite a bit. Your second word, how else my, would you describe yourself? Yes, my second word would be I'm creative. So I've been singing since I was four. I was in my chorus in high school since grade six. I was also involved in talent shows. I, in my senior year, I was in the production of Beauty and the Beast where I was in the ensemble. So I've done yeah. a lot of things creative in music and I also took acting and singing classes also when I was younger as well. I know one of the things that you did during your internship is that you did during the pandemic they had a, a an online play and yes, that you exactly. did that. What play was that? It was called Less Our Own Devices and my character was Abby's Devil. And I had so much fun with the cast and the crew performing with everyone. And it was very exciting to 
do performing again, even though it was virtually. So I had fun doing that. Yeah, I bet it was a lot of fun. I, I was wondering how they handled, and I think I even asked you this before you actually did it, is how do they handle the the props and look making it look like you guys are all together? Because everybody was, you did it all by Zoom. So right. everybody was separate, correct? Exactly. So what, what we did was we got the play and we had a, like in every production, you have like a rehearsal day, a day, a dress rehearsal day. So we 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 uh, bought props and crew and everything that we needed for the background for our set, like digital backgrounds and everything like that. So it would look realistic. Mm, very good. Third word. My third word is I'm a Canadian. I'm a very proud Canadian. I'm from and born in Canada, specifically in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. So I'm very proud of from, and like a lot of, there's like some stereotypes of Canadians that are not completely accurate. Like we don't say boo and stuff like that. And if you watch like other YouTubers and creators like that, they will tell you like a lot of the stereotypes besides like us being kind are not accurate at all. Mm. I've I've not heard I've not heard of any stereotypes other than saying a like <laughs> that was one but I think it's from a specific region in Canada so I don't think that that is necessarily a stereotype but I think it's just something that people like that Canadians say yeah there's like a couple of people like I know like friends of, of mine they're like, because people keep saying that stereotype, they're like, you know what, I'll just use it, even though I don't use it. So, so that's how it goes right now. But like, for me, I'm more from the East Coast of Canada, and like Montreal, Toronto, and stuff like that. So where I'm from, like, we don't really use A, maybe in the West Side, they probably use it more. And that's probably where that that came from. But from where I'm from, I've never heard anyone say A or anything like that. Yeah, it was from, <clears throat> excuse me, it was from oh. one of the movies, uh, let's see, oh gosh, uh, Strange Brew. That's really dating myself because honestly, you will not, it, that movie came out before you were born. I don't think you'll even know what it is, but it was that Mike Myers and another actor that's, he was also on Saturday Night Live. It's pretty, pretty popular and it's really funny. Okay. Yeah, Saturday Night Live is a really great show. Yeah. It is funny. Sometimes, not always. Yeah. All right. Fourth word. Oh, and I'm going to go back because one of the okay, things I remember we talked about about creativity is the fact that you got to learn how to use Canva and you exactly. were creating posts. And one of the things that we discovered is that we have different ideas of as to what is a good design and uh, you got definitely exposed to the, the elements that i've learned from other graphic designers less is more yeah and i'm i'm going to hope that that would be something that you'll take into it and when you work with the next person and you're doing any type of social promotion the question that you should ask them is do you have any particular way you like your social chant your your art to be produced for your social channels because if you look at a company's instagram account that'll give you a really big idea as to how they do their art you know that you you created the color palette that we used for the this last quarter and you were able to create some really pretty designs and I guess the takeaway is making sure that you go and you ask other people, okay, how would you like this done? Because then you're focusing on what they want, not necessarily what you want. Yes, exactly. I've learned from this internship that, like you said, uh, less is more, contrast, and whatever job I do in the future, I will, like the, once I get hired, especially if it's more of a creative role, that I'm helping them with promotion on their social platforms. I am going to, from now forward, from working with you, 
I will be like, what do you want your social post to be? Do you want, do you, like, because some companies, they change it, change how they, their posts throughout the seasons, just like your company, Isabella. Like, you have two weeks of doing one color and then the next two weeks a different color. So, for me, I will, I will communicate with whoever my future bosses are and see what they want their next post to be. Yep, that's a, a good practice to do and to be proactive, go look at their channels in advance even before you ask the question because they'll probably send you back and say, well, go look at what we have. And when you do that, you can even make some suggestions on how possibly it could be improved. That shows that you have additional value to bring into the situation. There's a lot of ways that can work to your benefit for sure. Exactly. All right, fourth word. The fourth word I would say that describes myself is I'm fashionable. A lot of times when people see me out, out and about in person, they're like, where did you get your outfit? Uh, where's that from? And I would say like, I'm, I've been very fashionable into fashion since I was young. And you don't have to spend a lot of money on clothes. You can go to thrift stores. You can go like Goodwill. You can go to Rue 21, all these little boutiques and anywhere local to get very cute and affordable clothes. You need to go to any big high end place to buy very cute, fashionable clothes. I agree with you because one of the things we did a previous episode on the fashion industry and how people could actually go to thrift stores and be able to put together an out an outfit that could work for either professional or business casual. And we took three, three of the female interns and three of the males, and we asked them to go and identify, to pick out three outfits, well, at least two outfits, one that was professional, one that was business casual, and they could only spend $20 on that. And then we did a fashion show with it. That was with Landon also. We did it down at fun. the, it was fun. We did it down at the um, the big Goodwill store. That's the biggest one that they have here in Orlando. And we were walking through the store and we were taking pictures and shooting video. A lot of that was used on social channels previously, and I think it's even on our IGTV, even though we don't put a lot on IGTV anymore. However, it was super, super fun. We got to interview the people at Goodwill, and they also shared more about just the history of Goodwill and why people shop there versus going to a regular big-end store. So little shout-out to Goodwill for sure. Okay, your exactly. fifth word. My fifth word I would say is that I'm compassionate. I really care about others. I try to help people as much as I can. I have a big heart and I'm really here for anyone in my life, no matter who you are. I would agree with that one. That is the one I would have led with. I know you picked your words the way that they have meaning to you. I think that you're right. very, very you're very caring. I I believe I would describe you more as a servant uh, heart because you do love to give to others and be able to really have an impact. You're always smiling no matter what. So you're very cheerful and I think you have a lot of joy in your heart. So those are Thank the you. words I would have picked for you. I would have said joyful. I would have said certainly, you know, cheerful. You're very kind and you love to serve. So my words, I think that's a really nice way to ask people to introduce themselves. Tell us three words or five words that describe you and why. So that was great. Also, Thanks. Yeah, it also helps you, sorry. It also helps you um, know people better as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. What three, oh, let's start over here. What about your educational background? So I want you to go back and tell me what, what colleges did you go to? What degrees did you earn? I know it started in Pennsylvania. And then how did you get to where you are now? Okay, so first I 
started in Pennsylvania, especially uh, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So I'm a Steelers fan as well. Go Steelers. So I first started out at BC3, Butler Community College, and I graduated in two years with an AA in theater. So then I went to Slippery Rock University in Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, and I was going to get a BA in theater. And then there's an incident that happened where my mom was uh, washing a table glass and her hand got cut. So the doctor said it would be better for her to go in a warm, to live in a warmer climate. So we moved to Florida, specifically in Tampa, where I got a BA with a major in communication and minor in theater. And then this upcoming summer, I graduated Valencia College with a technical certificate in digital broadcast production. What does that mean? Explain to our listeners what digital broadcast production means. So digital broadcast production is pretty much I can help with productions like like podcasts and and so I took an I've taken a lot of classes that I, I had to do voiceovers and like that are in front of the camera a little bit behind the camera as well so I know how to do Pacific's uh, voices for different roles if I'm going to do some acting and also and script analysis and it more going along with like my theater background and also if I wanted to do a little bit of of like editing in Adobe Premiere and stuff like that and in uh, Photoshop but it Great. mostly focus yeah so, so it mostly focuses on like helping a production in and like being in front front of a production as well. So behind the scenes and in front. Yeah, that is that is really good. I see that there's a parallel path to the fact that you like being in in theater and the side of acting, broadcast, podcasting. They're all very much parallel like railroad tracks to each other. Basically. Yeah, so that is is interesting that I don't know if you realize that or not, but it is interesting. Yeah, I have. And since I was little, I've always wanted to be in the entertainment industry in some shape or form. Everybody that is around me and knows me since I was very young, known I wanted to be in the entertainment, whether it's singing, acting, dancing, some kind of performing, they knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I had that excitement and wanting to do this since forever, pretty much. Interesting. All right. Most influential person in your life and why? I have three. So my first one is my mom. Mm -hmm. I feel like she is very inspiring to my sister and I. She's an independent woman that who is caring and giving and wants to help others. And I believe that she has taught both my sister and I how to do that successfully and how to be a caring, compassionate individual that wants to be there for people. Yeah, your mom is awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. My second person I would say is Walt Disney. He's very creative and he made Disney. And I love a quote that he said, which was all our dreams can come true if we have the courage to pursue them. And I think that that's a very powerful quote because everybody has a dream and you shouldn't be afraid to pursue that dream because we only have one life to live and it'd be terrible to do something that you're not passionate about. And my last person is Demi Lovato. I think she's also inspiring. She's been through hardships and she's real. And I believe people like that, that 
been through things. Like we all been through things up and down. Those are very inspiring people as well. Yeah, those are, um, she definitely is. She has, you know, battled with depression, with some mental issues, um, fame and not being able to have privacy. My yes, goodness. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so much. Yeah. So you, I would definitely support that one also. Walt Disney is amazing. He is somebody that is iconic in the world exactly. when people think about creativity and and just the power of imagination and curiosity. What a great man. Exactly. Okay. What three skills did you find that were the most important during your internship? And let's talk about these six uh, first, because I know you may have some other ones. Your research, your time management, your creativity, problem solving, critical thinking, or communication. For, for me, I would pick problem solving, time management, and crea creativity. Okay, so why would those be the most important that you feel that you got a lot out of it? So first, I'm going to start with creativity. I learned how to use Canva, which it was a website I'd never used before. I learned less is more, contrast. I learned about your style of editing and your style of how you how you want your company to look and appreciate it to 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 look for to others so i've learned that as well and i've also learned what colors look best on individuals especially like people with lighter skin and people with darker skin so i would say i learned more about creativity that would be my number one mm. Yep, that is definitely super, super important. Um, then you also pick time management. Yes. I feel like, especially in the industry that we are in, time is money and is not, there's no time to like mess around in anything. So <clears throat> I, ma I make sure to, when any tasks that I have to do, that I get it done before or on time as much as possible. I feel like I'm very good at dealing with my time and when I have to do things as well. So mm -hmm. that's why I would say time management. Yeah, you're always ahead of schedule, which is rare <laughs> for most people. All right, your last one. I think you problem said problem solving. solving. Oh, oh so, 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 so sorry. Uh, I would say problem solving. An example for that is I saw on Asana, which is the platform we use to communicate and submit things. There was, for our show with Kent and Randy, there wasn't a task created for them. So I copied the create a task and I made one for Kent and Randy, left the, the task that said create the template, it's still there. And I made sure that that, Kent and Randy had a task, so everybody that works with us could see where to put their things as well. Yep, that is a really good example. How about what are you most proud of? Now, that could be over, not during your internship. It could be anything that you really are very, very proud of. That it could be something that you've accomplished in your life. It could be, you know, the people that are in your life. It can be anything. What are you most pr proud of? Okay, I have a couple. One is that I'm so happy that I was able to adopt Pat from the shelter. There's too many dogs in the shelter and being able to break, give Pat a loving home or any animal a loving home is very amazing and important. The second one would be when I was going into uh, my senior year of high school, I tried out for a talent competition. I got up to like close to meeting the Pacific judges because in talent competitions, you have, you, there's uh, three different rounds until you get to t on TV. So I was very close to meeting the judges and I felt that that was very exciting 
and it showed that like I I do have the talent I can pursue this because I got that far as well mm -hmm. and then my last one is like I'm also in a talent agency and how I was able to do the roles that I I have been able to do for example the little play that I was in as well yeah Yep. Those are really good. Those are really good things. I'm, I think that many times people don't really remember all of the cool things that they've done in their life and how that really does speak to they stretch their wings, so to speak. They also right. went out there and they jumped off of the cliff, even if they were afraid, not literally, but right. figuratively. I think that's significant. All right, you know my favorite question is coming Yes, up. I know, your favorite <laughs> question. Do aliens exist? Yes, of course they do. Does life exist oh, on sorry. other planets? Yeah, so that's a little bit different um, because I, I always go off onto the side of aliens. So you were jumping to the right conclusion as to where I go, but does life, because it may not necessarily be aliens. Does life exist on other planets? So my answer is, yes, it does, because we're right now we're in the Milky Way. There's other galaxies in the world, in the, oh, sorry, in the universe. So how can we humans be the only thing here? It doesn't make any sense. So yes, there's other creatures. I don't know what they are. They, they probably are aliens, different form of aliens. Maybe it's a, like a different galaxy of us that are doing different things. Maybe... It's Isabella doing a different thing than Isabella's doing now, or me doing something different. Who knows? But yes, definitely. I mm. believe that there's other life in other planets. Next week, The Matrix returns. Uh, I think that's the name of the movie. It doesn't matter. It's The Matrix 4. It's launching uh, next week, or it airs next week. And I'm really excited. This whole week I sat there, it was like one o'clock in the morning. I'm watching The Matrix, the first one, the second one, the third one. And I was amazed that in 1999 is when The Matrix came out, the first one. Okay. And I was actually noticing how much has already changed. And it, what they were predicting in that movie, a lot of it has already come to come to pass. Now, we don't have all of these robots out there that are replicating themselves. Not yet, but it right. can happen. I think that that is something that, while it's not necessarily aliens that we might think of, the machines themselves can become that type of same creature. Does life exist on other planets? Life may not be, as you know, some of the guests have talked about, it could be moss. It could be some type of an amoeba that's in some frozen water. It could right. be actually be other you know, beings that don't look like humans. What we didn't think about was also how machines themselves, they can also be life that's existing on other planets. They don't need air. They don't necessarily need food or water. The things that they would need might not be, you know, available, but yet they could probably still continue existing. If they didn't have electricity, that might be the problem for them. But how they generate electricity can also be very creative. Anyway, I like your thoughts. Yes, All and also like um, backing uh to counter that, I would say like the mu the movie industry does a really good job at like predicting what can happen and a lot of the things that they've done in especially like science fiction films is like oh yeah I can see that happening or in uh, future years we see it ha happen so they're really good at like creating creating things that are going to happen in their films that end up happening in the future as well. All right. Well, now we're going to go and talk about your pick of the four guests that you would like to spotlight, because the purpose of this show is to be able to look back and see which of the four out of all of the shows we've had that you liked. And you picked two from season two. So yes. let's look at that first one. Landon Connor, season two, episode 96. Yes. Why did you choose this one? And then we're going to go listen to the clip 
so that we can discuss that. So I picked this episode about Landon because I feel like he was very informative to our audience about photo and, and video, especially t- talking about how it's easier for someone to go into photograph the photography. photography. Yeah, photography into, into videography. And I also loved how he said, you don't have to use expense, very expensive equipment to start photograph, photo, to get into the business. You can, you can just use your phone. If you have a iPhone 7 and up, it's perfect to use to take photographs or videos. All right. So I think that was very important. All right, so let's listen in to Landon talking with, our, with us in the studio. Do a quick explanation for everyone. Shooting up upon a person is just lowering your camera angle, and it makes the person look more powerful. Sometimes you have to shoot down on a large crowd because it's so many, but you still see it's a lot and it's large. But you shoot down on one person, you make whatever's closer to the camera, see their head is going to be closer. That's going to become really large, and their body is going to be really small. So you're diminishing a person. What if that person is small? I don't want to look smaller, so mm-hmm. I shoot them up to look more powerful in what they're doing. Right. So I know that you just covered that in what you were sharing at the beginning as to why you chose this one. But I always love hearing the guest explain something as to why his examples were really good. I am 5'2", so I am short, and I had not even realized how that was possible. And once he explained that, I started thinking back to other pictures that I've seen where the subject, the model, whomever, was being um, photographed from down below. And I went, you know what? He is exactly right. So that was that was pretty cool. I appreciated him doing that. All right, next guest is Anna Escamani, and that was season two, episode 112. And we were actually in that one focusing on Women's History Month. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so why was that memory? Why was that memorable? But don't give it away totally. So you want to make our listeners kind of get a little bit of a tease here. Okay, so she's the first Irani American to be elected in Florida. And I believe in her episode, she was very inspiring to both you and to every woman out there showing that you can do anything as well. So our viewers should watch this episode to get uplifted, more to have more encouragement if they're struggling with something. So it's a very good episode to listen to overall. All right, so let's go listen to Anna talk with us. I'm a young woman of color growing up um, here in Florida. And so I've always faced the, the, the gender bias barriers around my identities. And, and I think it also depends on what's happening in the world around you. So, for example, my family is Iranian-American. And so when 9-11 happened is when I really started to experience racial bias and racial tensions and having to also navigate that just as a you know as a child um, was very challenging because folks would automatically associate you with a group of people and put labels on you and then as someone who made the decision to get involved in civics and to get involved in politics you learn very quickly that it's a male-dominated field and that um, there really is this larger boys club dynamic that you have to crack into. Right. I really liked her so very, very much. I feel like she was talking specifically to just about everybody in there as a reminder to think about, you know, what is the value that you bring in? And everybody has value, no matter who they are. Exactly. That's why I thought that her episode was very important and I believe it was the best because I, I like I liked her too. I was like listening to the episode and I was like, oh, thank you. I feel more, you more, more appreciated and it gave me a confidence boost as well, so. Mm. Yeah, she is definitely inspiring. And our listeners may not know, but she is, 
also a representative here in the state of Florida. She does represent her district in Orlando and being the first woman of color in the Iranian sector uh, demographic is significant. She's made a really big difference and especially when it was with COVID going on, my goodness, she worked tirelessly being able to uh, make a difference and help people be able to get rent assistance or be able to figure out how they were going to be able to have money coming into their homes. She made a huge difference. Uh, not many people that were in that position could actually move mountains, but I saw her doing that. So I appreciate her. All right. Well, we're going to take a little break and listen to our little ad about Cat5 Studios. So we want to thank Cat5 Studios for producing our show. The Intern Whisperer is brought to you by Cat5 Studios, who help you create games and videos for your training and marketing needs that are out of this world. Visit Cat5 Studios for more information to learn how Cat5 Studios can help your business. Thank you, Cat5 Studios. Right, we are back to our show, and we're going to be looking at two other people that Becca has selected to spotlight for our listeners. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about the future of work. We're really closing in on the tail end of the show. So I'm not sure how far we're going to get with the future, but nonetheless, we're going to do our best here. You picked season four, episode 163, Jim Faraday. Yes. Why did you choose Jim? So going back to my creative background, especially in the entertainment industry, Jim is in the music industry he is called the show king and i thought it was very interesting to hear him discuss how music was back in the day how people got their music how people went to events that were about music and everything like that so i think that would be very educational especially to our younger viewers that Right now, it's more easy to get music, download music, buy music. It wasn't like that back in the day. Mm, okay. Well, we're going to go and listen in and see what he has to say. And we'll hit play here. Um, where did you go to school? Whether high school, college, whatever? I went to college, uh, Mercyhurst, up in Erie, Pennsylvania, which was a very I've predominant it's the size of Rollins College. Yeah. And is uh, it private? It's a private Catholic school, very, you know, a lot of nuns. Mm -hmm. And uh, but it was very cool because I was not a very good student. So having a small school with small classrooms, I persevered my four years and graduated in with uh, business management and hotel restaurant management. Oh, that's interesting. So Barry University is also a Catholic school. They had nuns that run that one still, mm -hmm. I think somewhat. So uh, maybe they're the same size. No, I think Barry's pretty big. Yeah. yeah, Barry's way bigger. Yeah, way bigger. Okay, so you went to school, you got management, hospitality. That's super good. Um, what other background and industry? So you started at 16, and so you put the pieces together? Um, it's just, I was just, you know, being around my father, who's very entrepreneurial. I was just very entrepreneurial and mm -hmm. Uh, my father's friend opened a club in Orlando, Florida. So I was the only one out of my class that graduated that didn't go to like Hyatt or Hilton or Holiday. And I went to an independent nightclub that was the biggest on the East Coast um, down in Orlando, Florida. And that's how I got to Orlando. And then when I got here, I realized that no one was promoting any live concerts. And so I started digging in um, and started doing live concerts the minute I hit the ground here in 1983. All right. That was interesting because we also backed it up just a little bit so we could discuss and hear more about how he got started. I remember when I was interviewing him for that show, he had mentioned that, you know, he really was not a good student in school when he was in middle and high school. And it, he did end up going to college. However, it was one of those things that it didn't, it didn't necessarily what he was studying in college, didn't actually necessarily relate to what he the path he chose i think that was something that i think a lot of our listeners can draw from because exactly my goodness i've seen a lot of students uh, 
graduate with a degree and then they ended up not doing what they went to school for because they decided, oh, I really didn't want to do this. One of them was a graphic designer from Valencia. She decided she wanted, she really loved doing makeup. She ended up being a, uh, a consultant with Mary Kay and she loves what she does and she probably makes more money than she she would have as a graphic designer to be honest and she gets to do tutorials she loves teaching people how to wear makeup and what the power of makeup can do for a uh, a woman or you know anybody in the theater that wants to play with it right i think that's significant and jim was able to really hone in on the fact that you know, he he did do it. He did graduate from college, but where he saw the opportunity was taking what he learned in business. He was also with his own family. His he has a his parents had a family business, and he was working in that. And I think he picked up a lot about business from that side of what life can bring you. And he was able to make a, a whole career out of what he wanted to do. And you were right because you were asking the question about him being, um, you know, he said he, that there wasn't a lot of live performances. And I was going, I'm pretty sure there were. Uh, I don't think it's the of the caliber that he was helping to pull into Orlando, like where they were filling concerts. Uh, I mean, they were having concerts in arenas. They probably had them in little bars, but not to the same extent. Yeah, I, I think like he, for me, he he really helped build Orlando how it is now. So I thought it was very important for our viewers to know that as well, as well, so. He has this whole collection of posters. They're over in one of the offices I work from, the construction office for Orlando World Life. And he has posters, as I mentioned before, of every concert that's been put on here. They're actually going to be put together as a collection and displayed at the uh, Orlando History Museum, which I think is fascinating because there's this rich part of life that was happening, the history of bringing live entertainment on a bigger scale to Orlando. And he's, he saved all of those posters and they're in really pristine condition, they should be a really good exhibit. And I would encourage people to go. I think it's going to be in 2022. I'm not sure what month, but they are being gathered up to be displayed and people can go and learn more about how Orlando was really being very innovative at the time and bringing big, big talent to this area. All right, our next one is Dana Marie Rocamore, season four, episode 172. Why'd you pick this one? So she is the creator of the Dinner Party Project, or a shorter version would be DPP. And I thought she was very inspiring to our viewers, especially the ones that don't really know what they want to do, want to go to college but they don't know what path they want to go on so she went to college she didn't know what she wanted to do then she graduated and then she did some traveling a bit was went abroad came back and discovered she really had a passion in making dinner parties so that's why she made the dinner party project Mm. Very good. All right, so let's listen in on this little clip with Dana Marie Rocamore. Like, I mean, being an entrepreneur is it's one hard. not for everybody. Yeah, it's it's hard. Like, yeah. I mean, especially if like I am I am the creative and the ideas person, but my passion is not for business. Mm -hmm. Right? Like I didn't have a business model. I started it with a friend and we were just like I think that's how <clears throat> most people do it. They they have no concept as to what it takes to start a business. Oh, I'll start one. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they'll they'll quit after a while, but you know, it's a, it's a big learning curve. Yes. A lot. It Even is. if you took business classes, it is still a big learning curve. 
Yeah, because you have to wear a lot of different hats. You have to really know, I mean, between finance and Every marketing department. and being social with, you know, if you're selling things, you have to be, you know, someone that can interact well with people. And there's just, yeah, so many different levels. So a friend of mine around that time had asked, you know, kind of like, what brings you joy and what brings you life? And what are you not doing that you should be doing? And so I thought on that and I thought, well, I guess if I could just do like anything that I wanted to do, I would throw dinner parties. I love gathering people around my dinner table. You know, I do that intrinsically and I just love the kind of the magic that happens around a dinner table, which is, is just gathering with food and drink and questions. And so I was like, I have this idea. I'll throw everyone's name into a pot that wants to participate and grab, you know, seven names out of a hat and then I'll invite them. My dinner table seats eight people. I'll be the host. I will do drinks and we'll do four courses. Um, I love eating a lot. I love drinking. So I just wanted to be able to like have this kind of like set time that people could come and meet new people. And I was trying to do my own business and then I was doing credo and I just was like kind of burned out. And I was also taking like freelance jobs and stuff like that so I just kind of got to the end of the year and I was like I am so tired and you know sometimes we get to spaces where we were working so hard that we're not really enjoying life mm -hmm. we're not enjoying the process and in the in the journey along the way and so I had worked a lot and I did again kind of like had saved up some money so I did what any normal responsible adult would do and I went on a sabbatical and I kind of like paused my business and then credo stuff kind of came to a close and I just was like I just need a break I just need to get out of Orlando I just I like I love to travel and so that gives me so much life and joy and okay so we covered uh, a couple of extra clips in there um I thought it was very very engaging one of the things that i noticed uh, that dana her her skill set was really broad she learned a lot about business uh through trial and error and i think that most people have to be okay with the fact that they're going to fail and or they're going to you know they're going to get whatever you might get in trouble for something or you know you make mistakes that's the really big learning curve the the goal is is not to make the same mistakes again because you know i i was one of those people when i was working going to school full time and working full time i didn't always have all of my attention where it should have been and i would rush through things and i was often told stop rushing you know stop rushing slow down and pay attention to the details at one point in time i got in serious trouble because i did not pay attention to the details and that's really where i began to slow down and focus on quality first i that's what i tell everybody now that works with me because i go listen you know and i didn't ever tell the story but I learned the hard way and it's very, very valuable to slow down, go back, look at it, double check it, sometimes triple check it, and then make sure that whatever it is that's being delivered, because I I did not ever want to have a, a client or a customer come back and say, what did you do here? This is like, <laughs> and get fired by my client. But yeah, that that can happen too. Anyway, anything else that you want to bring up on this show? Because I included a little bit more about Dana's show. Well, all, all, all I have to say is look at her website. It's www.thedinnerpartyproject.co. It looks amazing. I signed up for, for myself to get her newsletters and everything to be able to sign up and go to one of her events I would definitely look at her website it looks incredible if you can go go sign up for her newsletter and for you to potentially be part of her wonderful parties as well yeah well that's only applicable for the people in Orlando she was looking at expanding that at one point in time and she did have somebody in New York this was years ago okay. where they she wanted them to follow the the model the business model 
and be able to have the dinner party project in you know every city and state throughout the United States. I could see it being very popular. I've gone to it and I can absolutely tell our listeners, listen, she throws a really good party. She brings together eight people, eight strangers. We know nothing about each other. And it's through a, a, a very well-designed dinner that focuses on cocktails at the beginning. There's appetizers, there's a soup and salad, then there's the main encore the main entree, I'm sorry. Uh, then there is the dessert and there's wine throughout the whole dinner. There's very carefully crafted questions that are engaging and allow people to share their thoughts, their opinions. Not everything has to be controversial, but you know, they were, there was really thought provoking questions in there. Like are aliens real in this case, but right. not really. Anyway, I like Dana quite a bit. Uh, she was a great guest, and I appreciate the fact that you shared her website. It is for people in Orlando. If you're coming to Orlando, you can still visit the website and be able to sign up and participate in one of the dinner party projects. Okay. Well, I think that those were great guests. I'm really glad that you were able to share all of those people with our listening audience. How about you? What is the best mentoring advice that you want to share with our listeners? I would say follow your dreams. If you have a, a passion for something, pursue it. Even though you won't have people to back you up or someone to help you get there, pursue your dreams. Life is too short. We only get one life. It's not worth being miserable in a job that you hate because, and you're only there because people want you to be there. So I would say follow your dreams. Do get in a career that you want to be in. Because I've, I've had friends and family members being like, uh, went to college for this degree. They didn't want to be in this degree, but because of, uh, of family and they don't want to upset people they did this career and went to this college because of their family you only have one life do the career the job the college the major that you want to do so you're successful and you'll be happy in the job that you're in because we're, we're in t we see too many people in careers and that are miserable and don't give great hospitality to others and are treating people like terribly. So do, do something that you want to do in life. Mm. I think that's a uh, good advice that you're passing on. I appreciate you doing that. I think that the other thing I'm going to build on top of that is that it's okay for people to realize that they may have spent five, seven years in a particular role in a company. If they decide that they want to go up within the company, they should pursue that because you don't have to be locked into just one role. People also find a lot of, I know that there's a, a bigger movement now since more people are working remote and having flexibility with their with their jobs so that they can have um, a more work-life balance where they don't feel like they're rushing. However, I would say that they need to be really thinking about, you get really great benefits with many companies. Our world is turning into more of a, a gig economy. And if you end up being a contractor, then you're gonna be responsible for getting you know, your own insurance and some of the benefits. You might consider staying with an employer where you can make a difference and be able to have a lot of that passion that you want. If you've got work-life balance, if you have flexible schedules, if you can work remotely, those are great. If they give you health insurance and any type of personal time off where it's paid, those are great. 
So stay there. They also end up educating you and you can either go up, you can go laterally across the company. There's a lot of options and that's what I would say that most people aren't thinking about. They may hop from job to job, but I was talking with somebody else that I was mentoring, uh, coaching yesterday, and we discussed the fact that not everybody uh, is motivated by money. They may not want that. So what she wanted this woman wanted was the flexibility in her life to be able to do things her boss she thinks is great he was very empowering she was able to make decisions for him and for the company where that was significant she was a very she is a very hard worker and i'm very very um, happy to know her um the other thing that I, I I was working with several of my mentees over the weekend, another woman, she is putting in 80 hours a week and she was telling me, well, I don't really find the job as rewarding as it was. There's people that are leaving the company and she found that very frustrating. She's thinking about going someplace else. So you have to sit here and weigh other factors. She's going to be getting married, and it, when she does that, you know, what's going to happen? Because she was going to take a month off. How would that work? You know, all of these different variables. Her husband started his own business. Um, sometimes you can't both leave a company because it takes time to build up a business. Right. And be able to get the income that you're looking for. So those are some other variables that I don't think that many people will consider when they're thinking about a job, a career. Yeah, you may not be happy here, but is there another position within the company that you can go to? Is it because you're bored with it? Is it because maybe the the tasks are different and you wanna have new challenges? Well then see if there is something you know else that you can do within that company to retain that longevity that you have. So I agree with you, Becca, totally that life is too short. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the people that I was mentoring over the weekend, and I usually do this like every, I don't know, I think it's like every three weeks, once a month, honestly, where we have these conversations and I meet with them three times, that's it. And then I, you know, move on, uh, unless they want to hire me <laughs> to be that life coach for them. Right. It's really important. They asked me, well, what about you? Do you like what you do? And I said, yeah, I love what I do. I I know that I put in more hours than I ever imagined I would anyplace else, but I also believe that this is fulfilling a, a calling, a purpose for myself, and it's not just about me. It's about, you know, other people. I know, and I, and that's a good thing because that you're doing something that you're passionate about, Isabella. Because when you're in a career where you're having fun and you love what you do, it doesn't seem like work. Exactly. Exactly. That is very true. All right. How can people reach you? Be careful not to give out your, your email address, but what social channels? And I know you spell your name differently. It's C-O-F-F-Y is the correct spelling because I was mortified that maybe I was spelling it wrong, but you also no. have another um, on other social channels. You spell it C-O-F-F-E-Y. So okay. where can people reach you? Okay, so my LinkedIn is Rebecca Sarah Coffey. I'll spell that R-E-B-E-C-C-A Sarah S-A-R-A Coffey C-O-F-F-Y. And you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Becca Sarah Coffey. I'll spell that as well. And that's B-E-C-C-A-S-A-R-A-C-O-F-F-E-Y. And if you want me to be in a future project of yours, I'm also on the castingnetwork.com uh, website. And my name on there is Rebecca Sarah Coffey. And that's R-E-B-E-C-C-A-S-A-R-A-C-O-F-F-E-Y. So All right. Go ahead. Yeah, so if you want to contact me at all on any of these channels, you can. All right. Well, thank you so much. We are at the end of our show, and I want to thank our sponsor, Cat5 Studios. Thank you to our production team. 
Becca Coffee, associate producer intern. She officially is finished with her internship. Video and edit, audio editing, Steve Neese and Ayana Sanders. Our video interns, Nick Morales and Alex Teal. Music by Dave Francis, Sophie Lloyd, Charles Fleming and Elijah Sutton. And sound effects by Matt Miller, Miguel Centra and Dave Francis. So you can also go and visit us at Employers for Change, where, just a minute, turn that down just a little bit. Visit us at Employers for Change at www.e4c.tech, and you can learn how you can also bring real diversity and inclusion within the, your company and while you're scaling your people for the future work. So thank you very much. All right, Becca. I will catch up with you in a little bit. Thank you for having me, Isabella. It was a pleasure.